Welcome everybody to the Mid Curve Podcast. My name is Funky Donk slash Gavin Purcell, and I am here with our good friends uh, from the Mid Curve Podcast that is part of our Discord group uh, that spends a lot of time looking at the market. We spend a lot of time talking about the market. That's NFTs, that's crypto, that's tokens. It's basically everything that was down for a long time. And maybe there's some, uh, maybe there's a sun rising on the horizon. A, a new dawn has begun. Uh, tonight, we have uh, three regulars with us. Uh, Eric, why don't you introduce yourself and tell everybody a little tiny bit about your background in like 20 seconds or less. Hey guys, uh, this is Eric. Uh, before this, I've had a pretty long background in TradFi as a full-time weirdo. Um, and now I, I'm a full-time weirdo in uh, crypto. Um, Great. So that's pretty much it. You made it. That was exactly 19.75 seconds. I was timing you, so congratulations. Uh, Sadie, what about you? Give us your little uh, spiel as well. Hey guys, I'm Sadie. I uh, work in private equity and buy financial services companies for a living. And uh, these days I don't really sell them. So just buy them. No, oh, that's kind of fun. That, that, is that something you can continue to do forever then? You're just going to keep buying and collecting things? One can only hope because the <laughs> capital markets are uh, a little tricky at the moment. So yes. yeah, I think we're just going to aggregate uh, until, uh, until someone tells us we got to start selling. That sounds fun. And then Grant. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey folks, uh, my name is Grant. Uh, I used to spend my time building PowerPoint decks. Uh, now I spend my Saturday nights with a bunch of online weirdos. <laughs> well, you've really moved up in the world, Grant. You've really moved up in the world. Um, okay, let's get started. Pretty significant week this week. Um, I think we'll probably spend a lot of time talking about this, but we might as well jump right in. I mean, I think it, unless somebody feels differently, I think the Ripple XRP decision is probably where we should start off. It feels like it is kind of shaking uh, a lot of trees and, and in, in an interesting way kind of has kind of like uh, changed the outlook for the crypto ecosystem slightly. I, I think just to be clear... That anybody feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to give the very top line is it was a kind of a mixed verdict result in that um, I think there was a guilty verdict or actually I don't want to explain this if somebody Eric maybe you have or Sadie one of you has a probably better direct understanding of it. All I know is it was partially guilty, but then also it was open to the idea that uh, crypto is uh, XRP was not a security. Is that correct? Um, so the, the, so the, the, uh, the judgment, as I understand it was basically, um, the sale of XRP on an exchange to retail investors did not constitute, um, an investment contract. And so it was not a security, but the sale of XRP OTC to basically institutional investors, um, was did establish a, a, a investment contract and was a security, and right. and so this is this is kind of like this weird um, state where uh, uh, something can be like based on the context where where something is in something how uh, in which something is marketed, it can constitute a security or it can be a commodity, and so um, the the reason that a lot of people on CT interpreted it as, as a net victory was that you know much of the much of uh, you know the, your view was that much of the case that the SEC had against Coinbase was the fact that they were on running like on unregistered exchange they were basically doing you know selling selling unregistered securities um, but you know under this interpretation. Did I just lose you? Eric, did we lose you? The feds cut him off. Wow. Shocking. <laughs> I'm shocked. Well, there you go. We lost Eric. He's been, uh, he's been taken out. Uh, let's go to you, Sadie. What do you think is going on with this? How, do you think this is a big deal? I know we've talked about the idea that we wanted there to be some decision made on this, in this sort of situation. What, what, what's your take on this? So I think the case itself is very facts and circumstances dependent. So I hesitate to say that there's going to be kind of broad sweeping precedent that comes from it. But I do think it did something interesting, which is add nuance to this question, which is technically there's a difference between a security and a securities offering. And um, I think I think that's like an interesting 
nuance um, because really what the judgment was around was whether something constituted a, an offering of securities. Um, and, and that's a lot of times what we're talking about. Uh, a, a lot of times the rules don't actually hinge on whether the thing itself is a security, but whether you offered securities and doing what you were doing. And so right. uh, one interesting thing is I think the judge at least opened the door to um, some ways to potentially distribute assets somewhat democratically that doesn't necessarily constitute an offering of securities, but it was really predicated on some pretty specific facts. And so I thought it was a interesting verdict. It added some nuance. It was a little bit unexpected, at least from my perspective. Um, but again, I'm not sure that we can extrapolate too far. But in general, I think pretty positive. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, like, I felt uh, pretty surprised by it. But now, uh, obviously, everybody heard from my butchered idea of tr the understanding of it in the beginning. I am a newbie in that world, but it did seem to me to be like a clear signal that potentially decentralized currency in some way in this a token or whatever doesn't have to be considered that way. Um, Grant, what, what is your take on the situation? Do you feel like informed enough to give an opinion on it? Not particularly, but I think I do agree with the stated sentiment that, you know, it adds uh nuance the industry as a whole right that like not everything is a blanket scam and not everything is a blanket net good uh just right. like you know everything else uh outside of of this space so i think it you know does give us hope that we'll you know start to see more clarity around other items uh which again hopefully puts us on the map uh with sort of uh you know the big players in finance as well as um, regain some, some retail interest in future years. Yeah. So the one thing I keep thinking about with this, which is really interesting, I was listening to, I can't remember some other podcasts and they were talking about the idea of this, like the CNBC watcher. Right. And I know that's a terrible demographic to think about, but like you think about the CNBC watcher who I kind of imagine is like the bro fitness guy. And the bro fitness guys in the world are definitely kind of like the, um, <laughs> if bored apes were people uh, and didn't have the kind of backstory of NFTs, I can imagine they would be CNBC bros. Uh, I feel like if those people, weirdly, I kind of think those people are like the, I keep saying those people, it sounds like a, 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 I'm and being derogatory. I'm not really, but like, I you feel like if, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I'm a little bit drug drug. What I'm just saying is, I feel like if that sentiment turns, which is an interesting sentiment because even though it's a small sliver of humanity, it actually feels like there's a real, like, there's, there's an action moment there where those people can often like trigger an interesting thing. Um, I don't know, Eric, do you, in the TradFi world, do you feel like this is going to make waves uh, amongst people that you've worked with before? Like, is this the kind of signal people have been waiting for? Not not really, because this is almost certainly going to get appealed. Um, right. Okay. And it's going to, you know, potentially go all the way through the Supreme Court. So we're we're far i think we're still a ways out for full clarity and and it just it sort of just continues to like increase the highlight the need for for you know elected representatives to actually come in and legislate the issue right um instead of establishing clarity via via litigation uh and so i i think you, you know this is again like this is the first salvo um this is i, I what what i do say I, this is i think more for C, like the the crypto community a bit of a context shift that mm. you know to 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 remind them that it's not like this this us or them kind of like zero sum you know battle to the death like there's obviously institutional interest in crypto as a whole i i think it's just people want better guardrails um, so that, you know, to weed out like bad actors and make sure that everyone is is on a level playing field, right? Because regardless of what you think about the SEC, there are allegations that, you know, there is market manipulation and that exchanges often trade against their own customers. That that pretty much is a well-known fact that right. everyone that, that actually is in crypto just accepts as a given. Um, and that shouldn't be the case, right? 
Um, and so I think, I think like, you know, there's, there's just, there's, there's going to be a, we still have a lot more to go, but, but so far I think it's very promising. Right. Um, and we'll hopefully like just have better actors, but because by the way, like if you read that decision, like one way to interpret like why they didn't find the exchange offering to retail to be a security was, was largely because like the fact pattern looks so fucked that like, how can any retail person buying XRP reasonably expect to actually make money? Like what sort <laughs> of investment contract from the get go is that? Right. And so, right. um, and then actually like that would actually, that would actually in the case of XRP be like a super spot on, uh, interpretation because it is just this really centralized, like shitty, you know, uh, like L one, I guess that the, I don't even fucking know what it does. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And and there's there's like the, the tokenomics and the fact like the the way that they've monetized this thing has has really long been on my mind. So, you know, um, we we just we just just that's a whole. Let's just move on from that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, well, I, I think it's worth shifting slightly into the idea of let's assume that this is a, a story that's going to keep going. How have the markets reacted? And like, how are you all looking at the markets' reactions to it? Um, you know, I think Sadie, you're somebody who kind of keeps an eye on the altcoin shitcoin world. Um, do you feel like we're entering like kind of a kind of a buying phase right now? Do you feel like we're going to see some positive movement? I know we also had a pretty good inflation number, which I think kind of surprised a lot of people. That inflation, I think, came down to three percent. Do you see positive? Are you do you have dollar signs in your eyes, Sadie? Are you are you looking? Uh, are you, is your tongue hanging out and you're excited to kind of get into the world of? Uh, of uh, tokens again? I have tended to treat uh, these news events as kind of opportunistic trading opportunities because um, people don't tend to understand them. And so the market's a little bit inefficient. Um, but I actually currently don't hold any crypto um, or NFTs. Wow. Um, nothing? Nothing at all? Nothing. Wow. Um, I, uh, I don't think this is particularly pivotal one way or another because I don't think it brings in anyone new. So. I find that a lot of times when folks who are already in crypto are saying, oh, well, you know, the inflation number is making me do X, Y, or Z, they're kind of just justifying what they wanted of to course. do. Anyway. Yeah, um, I mean, inflation fundamentally has nothing to do with our, like, you know, $1 million market cap shitcoin. Um, are you telling me that Harry Potter, Harry Potter, Obama, Sonic, Inu is not determined by uh, Jerome Powell? I mean, Harry Potter, Obama, Sonic, Eno is determined by the universe. It's um, <laughs> so true. So true. Predetermined. Um, the best shitcoin this year, in my opinion. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, uh, I, think, I think these prices have swung uh, a little hard. And one thing that just does stick in my mind is, is there's still a pretty reasonable amount of selling pressure on Ethereum um that has kind of existed throughout so i i don't think it goes super low but i think there's some buying opportunities upcoming i don't think we missed the boat so so let me be clear you don't hold crypto now because do you believe that it's you're going to be able to get it cheaper or is it just that you feel like being part of the market you don't trust it right now uh cheaper but incorporating opportunity costs so okay um, I think there are better short-term opportunities in the market right now, um, but that could easily change. So I, I value holding cash above ETH. Right okay, now. that's fair. Um, Grant, what about you? Do you see this as an opportunity right now? Or are you are you like actively? I, I've seen you in the Discord actively stepping into a few tokens uh, here and there. But where where are you at? I think my my time spent on actively trading is probably reflective of my of how things shake out and probably closer to city than ct right now uh i think you know usually saw the last hike uh on you know on uh on what the fed is doing and i you know the it seems um like the significance of this event seems to be a little bit overstated uh and i think you know if you look at the charts like it swung into the momentum swung into alts uh, a little too fast as well, yeah. which is never great, uh, especially in, in kind of a low liquidity environment. Uh, so yeah, right now I'm like spending way more time like talking to founders, you know, figuring out uh, what deals I, I want to um, put my money into. 
Uh, and yeah, I think that's largely reflective of, of my view that, you know, things are, things are cheap right now. They could probably get a little bit cheaper before next year, which is, I think, when uh, the music turns a little bit, it changes, and it goes from BVP, which is a little bit harder, survival of the fittest. Uh, you know, I've lived a soft, flabby life, and I'm not, not built for that. Uh, and next year it becomes PVE, <laughs> right? So things get a little easier. Well, let's, let, I do want to yeah. ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you, so let's be clear across the board. I think everybody, I would love to hear everybody's thoughts. So we'll start with you, Grant. Is like, you believe a PVE time is coming again, and we're not, it, there is a PVE time on the horizon. Like, you feel confident in that now? Uh, yes it, like are you saying like in crypto or like generally in, I th i'm saying in crypto i'm not talking about i mean nfts who the fuck knows right like i think all of us are in a real weird place with nfts or at least i know i am personally but i'm talking more in crypto per, pure in just in crypto oh yeah like 100 yeah. percent. there'll be like at least one more cycle all right what about you eric you believe one more cycle at least yeah i mean what we we still don't have fucking product right like I, I keep going back to this it's just it's just like but is it bad that we would have product that's my question this is where it comes down to well uh, is product well, I, bad? I i think the fact that you even have to answer that question is like is pretty indicative of like you know how scarred we all are with, yes. with the space yes. and this collective inability to deliver right and yeah. so it's just you know do we have good product within DeFi? no I, I, we don't, right? right. Uh, we we have, um, I think we have good market makers in DeFi, uh, and so it allows people to basically sling shit back and forth and make some money. But it it really like, you know, at the end of the day, it still comes out of it's it's a zero sum game, right? Yeah. So, will we have another cycle? Yeah, because because we haven't really like, kind of think about like the adoption curve, right? Like we 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 just. You know, whenever a new technology gets introduced, you go through this massive speculative bubble where speculation, like all of the speculative value massively out trumps any, you know, just just any the productive value. And so eventually when it comes to things like the Internet, when it comes to e-commerce, when it comes to, you know, the software as a service, whatever, like you do get to an inflection point where the productive value of the thing is is greater than the speculative value. And that's when you have sort of these like five to 10 year, you know, ad adoption cycles um, where the Airbnbs, Ubers and whatnot get created. Like we just yeah. haven't really had, um, we haven't really had that in, in crypto because like OG DeFi, you know, when you look at it, it's just shitty tokenomics. It's a service that hasn't really innovated. Uh, it's not very good, right? And and so like, you know, and we we like the new products that we have are still not better than like what exists within Web two. So we just yeah, like I think we're gonna get another cycle. We're not at that point. Like, you know, is the inflation print gonna herald the beginning of that cycle? No. Like, if you want to play that, go trade stocks. Like I, I've, I spent eight minutes, basically a week trading options on my, on my, on my, you know, LARP like trading account for stocks. Um, and it, it, the ROI on that is basically like five X ROI is spent trading perps on crypto. It's just, <laughs> just completely, you know, it's just a completely different game. Like, I, I just think like, if you're going to do that, just, just go to the better market uh, and, and make it easy for yourself. But, um, so yeah, I, I think you know like it's patience is always key here there's always going to be another trade of crypto you're not you're not you're, you're not missing the next 10 to 20x despite what ct is telling you sadie before we move on do you believe there will be another pve season uh crypto comeback in the next like say year um i i think I would answer the question as yes, but I, I'm going to, I think we might be thinking about crypto product wrong. Mm. Um, like practically one doesn't create financial services businesses, which is fundamentally what DeFi protocols are um, to just like buy stocks or things for the purpose of getting rich. Like you create them because people want to buy homes or education right. or healthcare or big expensive things they want, like Pelotons or, you know, whatever. And so in the context of crypto, the, the use case is programmable money. 
And what that program, the use case for the programmable money is not other crypto. It's just yes. other stuff. Right. right. And so for me, I think the confluence of AI and crypto is interesting because it allows more of the population to be able to program their money. Interesting. Now you're talking my language. Now I want to hear more about this. And so I think, you know, I don't know if it's like unequivocally positive, right? But I think tech actually had to catch up rather than crypto catching up with itself because yeah. it's a ledger, right? Like that is the use case. Trying to convince people to create product out of financial services is a recipe for um, predatory product. Yeah. But if you have use cases for tokens online, then all of a sudden that, that's the product. It's funny. It's like, it's not even the picks and shovel argument. It's more like, uh, uh there's, there's gold. And then we just, we created gold two, gold three and uh, layer four gold. <laughs> and they're all, they're all, they're all the same sort of thing that we're just going to trade those. Uh, no, I, I actually agree with that. I think that's a really interesting point is, is the question is like what the, when we think, when I thought at least in the crypto cycle of like, okay, it means an up arrow. And I mean, PVE world means that like, all sorts of things will come out that you can make money on, which I'm sure will be the case. But then the question becomes is like, will the up arrow be more about like uh, what might look more like um, a traditional like kind of like startup cycle rather than a token cycle where there's a crazy amount of money to be made? And, and Grant, maybe this goes back to your point about looking at companies and trying to see the companies and putting bets on companies rather than necessarily protocols. And tokens? I don't, I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't know. But I agree. Like most of the things I'm looking at, like they require a broad user base, uh, which is again like something we haven't really seen outside of like small windows and pockets, and you know, DeFi 1.0, uh, NFTs 1.0. Uh, it's just it's never been sustainable, and I'm not particularly expecting the next cycle to be either. I just you know think certain things are worth picking up, particularly if they're backed by strong teams and already have some social proof in place. Um, I, yeah, I think, you know, it's still, the thesis remains the same, right? Like the, around the fringes can improve, the UI can improve, the product can improve, but it's still going to be all about um, an open air casino that you don't have to fly to Atlantic City or Vegas or, or Macau to access. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, speaking of, uh, well, let's before we move on to true open air casinos, which is kind of the NFT and shitcoin markets. Um, the Bitcoin ETF kind of keeps moving in one direction. Um, Eric, I don't know. Do you have an update on those at all? At that at all, or is it worth talking about? Have we have we made any significant progress from last time? It seemed like there was a momentary hiccup, and then it's back on a little bit. Does is there anything that we're missing there? Well, I do. What momentary hiccup are you talking about? I, I, the, the momentary hiccup I heard was that there was a, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I'm, this is a literally a tweet that I saw at some point where there was another stopping point that was that people had been um, convinced was going to put, put BlackRock off of it. And then BlackRock kind of pushed through it. I really don't know what it is, but maybe I'm speaking out of my ass. Was the obstacle that uh, a BlackRock NFT was listed on OpenSea? I think I can take that. I think I can take that one, Funky. This was like Thank exactly you. Please, what I mean. Save me. Save me. I got you. This is what I mean when I say the market remains like pretty inefficient. So this is like this was a trading opportunity, I think, last weekend that I was in the car for, but I think I was able to give a couple of folks in our Discord a heads up around, which is um when the SEC sends back comments, um, the the nomenclature they use is deficiencies. Um yes, and so yes. there was there was crypto news that said basically like that's exactly what application this application is yes. deficient and and Bitcoin like took a nosedive. But practically, it's actually positive because if they're commenting on deficiencies, it means they're commenting, right? They're not rejecting the application. They're commenting on it. And so it, there was just kind of a momentary buying opportunity. But it was always bullish. I think the, the, the headline was just a, a little... Uh, there you go. That's perfect, Sadie. That's exactly what I want to hear because it's so funny you say that because what I got out of it was just enough to make me dangerous, right? Just enough that if I were a super dummy who had like, you know, 
seven figures of of, in, of liquid Bitcoin, I could have been like, I got to sell this out before it's gone. So like, I think that's a really important thing to be kind of aware of like what, uh, how information could be valuable. Um, okay. Anything else on the crypto side we want to talk about before we swap over to what's a much less interesting slash uh, exciting market of NFTs right now? Well, Alex Mashinsky got arrested, so that was nice. Yeah, I don't know that story. Tell us, tell us what it is. Well, he's the guy behind uh, the fuck who did Celsius and oh. raised VC money, and then subsequently, you know, lost all of his depositors' money because he had no idea what he was doing, um, and much of the yield that they were generating was actually costing them um, money because they were just stacking up in permanent loss after impermanent loss. So, in you know, like the, the whole thing was just was just a house of cards. Obviously, when post Luna, it collapsed um, because they they were not fully back reserved. Um, and he's more or less been been a free man until recently, even though very, very clear if you look at the way that um, he was pumping Celsius tokens outside. He, well, you know, none of the investors that that gave money to him had any idea what was going on behind the scenes. That there was there was bad stuff going on. So well, I like the fact that you know, bad actors from kind of this this prior era are actually being held accountable. I, I think again, like as we push forward with institutional adoption and and more retail coming in, like you just you need to see more of this. More more people have to go to jail. Is yeah. is kind of the long short of it. That makes sense to me. I think that's a good thing. I think that opens the door to also when you talk about narratives as well, like I think there is definitely something to be said for the narratives of people, the bad actors being in jail and then being able to whether or not, you know, I buy this yet, but being able to have the good actors come out and say, look, we're good actors. We're we put the bad people away because they've done X, Y and Z. Um, I think that goes a long way in terms of like at least signaling to the mainstream that there's something significant going on uh, in terms of the idea of crypto coming back. I do think one of the things that people in the crypto in, in crypto Twitter, but just in, who are familiar and spending time in crypto underestimate is how bad the narrative <laughs> has gotten across the board in a lot of ways. Like I think now, granted, I think this is probably very similar to the vibes in the 20 you know 18 2019 world of crypto post ico where i'm i'm assuming because i was in the middle of it then but i'm assuming you know this the mainstream sentiment was the same which was just like it's all criminals um it's it's gone for good good riddance sort of thing so it's it's nice to see at least that there are people being you know, sent sent to prison, but also like that happened in 2018, I think as well. At Eric, so like I don't know, is it does it feel like it's just the, it's just new people, same story? Look at like broadly speaking, the founders that we have in Web three. Whether you want to look at like NFTs, or whether you want to look at just like crypto protocol level stuff, like how many of those can you really look at and say like, wow, this is a this is a serious individual who would have had success in another professional field. Um, cause I, I like, I think like after everything that we, we looked at, like 90% of these guys would not be able to get a job, like should not have been hired at a fucking McDonald's. Um, and that, so, and that I think is, is still like the biggest problem, right? Like with, with the space as a whole is, is that they're just the, the, you know, the, people like with the way that we value on anonymity um it, it just creates like openings for a lot of uh a lot of um con artists to to kind of come in and 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 extract value and so when you kind of say like you know is it just just the same thing happening again like yeah like i i just until we start to get like serious people in this space building doing like serious things in in greater scale um, I just keep, this is going to keep happening. Like I, you can't, like, I, I can't really look at it and say that, well, like when was the last guy, this is all over because fucking Aptos launched this year and did the exact same thing. And, you know, sweet to like, to a lesser extent, it is kind of on the same fact pattern. Right. And so you, you kind of have to look at the individuals, but you also have to look at like the institutions on the VC side that facilitate a lot of this, um, and where the economic incentives lie. Right. 
Okay. That makes all that makes sense to me. Uh okay. Let's shift over quickly. We don't have to spend a crazy amount of time to the NFT side. It's been pretty ugly, mostly in the NFT side. <laughs> I mean, the one bright spot is, uh, as we joked about before, is Proto Gremlins are back uh, from their, they were banished to like a 0.15. And because of the Harry Potter, Sonic, Obama, Inu token moving there, I think at like 0.6 or so. Most other NFT stories have been pretty either either flat or down this week. And you know, we had another pretty big failed mint with the Ether Mint um, that was kind of a shit show. Um, I, I don't know if there's a lot going on that's exciting about uh, NFTs right now. Does anybody feel excited about anything in the world of NFTs at this current moment? No. <laughs> Grant, what about you? Uh, no. I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how... Uh how we treat uh meme token uh whenever that comes around because i've been i've been thinking about it like i've you know been holding some some of it in my portfolio for a bit but i just think you know like there's so much uh excitement around it and everyone's treating it as kind of this novel concept but like actually um it was pioneered in spring of 2021 by cyberkongs like uh, an NFT, yeah, 721 that yields ERC20 if you hold it, which is essentially what's going on once you set aside the pre-sale shit, uh, and you know the the vague the vague notion that Binance is going to support it, and the vague notion that it's somehow going to be legal in Hong Kong while sort of not being legal uh, in the U.S. Like it's it's been done before, right? And I think you know people in this environment they adapt fast, right? And if, if it's not a new game, then it's just going to like end in a predictable way uh, and often faster than the, yeah. the previous time. So I'm just curious how it will turn out. Uh, I think it'll still be like a high liquidity, high volatility event, which ultimately is kind of good for the space. Uh, but yeah, otherwise really, I mean, we've been saying this for as long as we've had the podcast. Like I... We just need something new, right? Like, we need a loot from summer 2021. Even the fucking Digitagaki, yeah. which was super cringe, was, like, you know, it at least had, like, a full season of, like, you know, hey, here's here's a VC gaming yeah. project, here's another VC gaming project, blah, 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 blah. Like, we've had none of that, really, since, uh, what, the, the open edition meta? Yeah, it's been, it's funny. That's exactly right. That's a, that's a good point. That was, like, the big kind of moment we had. Um, I guess, yeah, when you think about the checks and, and open pens, uh, and all the stuff that happened then. The Digi Daigaku thing is so interesting to me because like, in a way, it really did come out of the blue and it felt like the you know, NFT whales like jumped on it very quickly. And we, I just, we haven't seen something like that now for, I mean, you think about it, the checks movement was I think back in February. And like, that is a very long time in the NFT space to have gone without something of significance coming out. Um, which always makes me like my spider senses tingle a little bit, but also like, you know, it has not, <laughs> it's not been a traditionally uh, very good time. Now, granted, maybe I, I always have this theory that there are, you know, these magical unicorn teams out there that are holding on to some stealth project and just waiting for the best time to do it. But I feel like there's been plenty of times in the last, say, six weeks to two months to do it and nothing has come. So Maybe there just isn't out there, and we're and we're just waiting for whatever the next interesting thing is, and and you know it's just gonna be. I, actually, I think your loot comparison is pretty interesting, Grant, and in that like it loot felt like something at least like that was different than what was out there at the current time, and and did kind of excite the the universe of it. Now, granted, we had we were just starting in what we now know as kind of like the true NFT bull, which was like. Let's say you know this late summer 2021 to maybe you know from early, what I remember the market should have topped then because uh, Yuga took <laughs> a harbinger of what what was to come uh, but they took out a huge chunk for the market right like an unprecedented amount which was it was ten yeah it ten mutants, times is that three, you're talking about right and the market yeah. should have topped locally then heavily yeah. but it dropped the same weekend right yeah. and it just for for one to two yeah. months after that it was just um derivative after derivative that printed money Chaos. from enters and early buyers right? yeah that that's what we need yeah for sure yeah yeah 
So maybe yeah, that'll come Grant, on. I yeah. think flows probably explain that, right? Which is the market could have topped if no new flows came in, but a lot of new entrants came in that at that time. Here, you know, Funky saying, well, like, it's been so long. Why isn't there a new project? And I think it's because everyone's out of money. Yep. That's very possible, I think. I think that seems very possible. Yeah, it it just, I think, like, meme coin will be an interesting one because it's, it's kind of one of the like the few opportunities the space has to to get outside liquidity um and so it just it either is gonna be good or it's not gonna be so good um the outcomes are pretty binary but i mean like you know it, it's not so doom and gloom i i just think but but I think it's more so that this game of like PFP hot potato is there's just no demand to really play it anymore. Because when you when you look at art, like really like art is fine, right? Like open yeah. is like um, you know, checks, these are more art focused projects that kind of have found their footing because because they're like, you know, it's an art project, like there's artists are participating it's interesting and so people who like art like like these things like there is there is actually something of substance um being offered right in in a, in a project and they're, they're, they're kind of experimenting with like different delivery methods so so that gives them continuity but like you know i, I like are we like who who really is going to participate in another pfp driven like ponzi at this point within the existing entrance. Like everybody's too scarred to like actually fully buy in, right? And then like a PFP Ponzi is just another iteration of 3.3, which means that it's good if no one sells, right? But the first, the, the, but the, you know, it's always prisoner's dilemma. And the first, you know, the first person to blink and sell and capitulate starts the cascade and then everything goes to zero it's just people are blinking much much quicker i i i just you know i again like i i, I don't know what saucer it is i just i just think we need we need better builders in the space in aggregate um and the funny one of the funnier things i think is like blur is probably one of the better products that have launched in the past year um but unfortunately their counterparty is you know, Pathman's counterparty is the founders, the NFT founders of the space who are hell bent on taking his TAM to zero. Um, and that's largely been what's happening. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, I was going to say, so I think the thing I think that's, I think that's 100% right. I think that the idea of the 10K, 20K drop to get another drop, you know, mutant, whatever thing. I think I, I, somebody pointed it out. I think it might have been in our Discord. It might have been somewhere else, which is basically Ether is the perfect, like, kind of nail on that coffin, which is like, it's just done. We've done it. It's it's kind of over. That doesn't mean that, like, PFPs are fully over or that, like, you know, an airdrops type of thing is over. But I think somebody has to come along with a slightly different sort of mechanic that's interesting. I think I've said this on this podcast, but I've been kind of actively thinking about this subscription model pretty deeply and trying to figure out if there's some interesting pathway to a subscription style NFT that could actually be um, a beneficial business. I think that's an interesting place to look at. I think the whole gaming market's interesting to me, but I also think the gaming side is, is to me... I think the people that are interested in gaming NFTs are overhyping them as assets of value and are less... Honestly, I think the idea of gaming companies as an investment is much more interesting than gaming NFTs as an investment for myself. Like, I don't necessarily think gaming NFTs are going up, whereas I do think Web3 gaming companies could be of significant value. And I think that's maybe goes to what we were talking about earlier, which is this idea of you know, instead of the market being financialized and just being about the tokens, it might be about the companies that are being created out of this space and less about the individual um, NFT that's owned uh, in terms of money making. So I don't know. Um, anybody have a thought on that? By subscription NFT, you mean you meant like a AI waifu that screams mid-curve at you until you click the Patreon link for a podcast? <laughs> Sorry, so what, what does subscription NFT well, mean? Well, uh, 
Okay, so here's what here's what I've been thinking about, and I don't know what what this means or what it is. And and again, I'm not really planning on on an NFT drop myself, or I've really just been trying to think of like what would it what what would you have to deliver, and what would it have to mean to say you you minted an NFT and it was whatever it could be free or it could be 0.05, and you you have a mint and it is ten thousand or even less. There's if let's say there's a thousand of them. And this is my, I'll, I'll tell the basics and I'll give you my weird kind of uh, mechanic that I've built in here. Uh, the basics are every month in order to keep the NFT, you have to pay another fee or a fee if it's free to begin. And maybe, and I think the fee is very small, but it's something like 0.05 or more depending on what you're going to do. <clears throat> and the reason why you do that is because you're going to be getting something out of it, right? Like it truly is going to give you some sort of utility. Now, what that is, I don't know what it is yet, but I think it could be multiple things. It could be access to <laughs> access to another. It could be access to a you know meme card style drop. That could be like an art version of it, or it could literally be like you know a series of access points to clubs, to places around the world, or things like that as well. But I think the key to this is. It can't be empty promises. It has to be something where you're building something from the get-go that you know is going to be valued to be part of. And the reason why it's interesting to do as an NFT is that you would essentially acquire benefits over time that conceivably maybe there's something... This is my kind of like side note of this is that there's a world where maybe the longer you hold it, the more valuable or rare the NFT gets. And then when you go to sell it, it has acquired benefits. I think these are the things that I've been thinking about or like beneficial additive things that can add into the NFT, the idea of owning an NFT other than just a JPEG, right? Something that makes it feel like you would want to subscribe to this thing. And yet you also want that thing to be fully sellable when you would like to sell it. So I think that's what I've been thinking. Grant, does that make sense? Uh, no, but that's because I'm smooth brain. So... <laughs> Well, I also, uh, you know, clearly, wa Waifu, uh, uh, as Stadia is saying, OnlyFans is is quite the quite the idea as well too. Um, I don't know, uh, Sadie. Speaking of NFT stuff, like, do you have you thought about? Is there a future for the this kind of like art NFT? Do you think it or this PFP NFT? Do you think like there's any value in those going forward, or is it is there something else that's going to happen? So um, I have like a little bit of a different view around utility, which is I think historically the PFP has been the highest utility NFT. Um, and now that everyone's embarrassed to be affiliated with crypto, it's now the lowest utility NFT and trading <laughs> accordingly. Um, but if you think about it, like everyone spends their lives on social media, especially during the pandemic, that was true and, and thereafter. And um showing off like a really expensive profile picture as long as like crypto is like not like, just a tremendously embarrassing thing to be associated with um it does confer utility like all these like idiot apes became people who like actually had audiences because they had eight pfps i mean it's just wild but that that was like the ultimate utility right mm -hmm. um now they crypto has had you know such a pr hit i think that's why we're seeing nobody really want uh expensive pfps or really any pfps i actually i sold my digi like a long time ago and i just keep it for the irony but like most people don't want an ironic profile picture <laughs> well they don't they don't want a reminder that they had something that was worth five hundred thousand dollars and they decide not to sell it that, that's not that's not like the value add to their day <laughs> whole thing um but yeah i think we have to think about what the ultimate utility is now like what do people want sex is definitely part of it um respect um wealth maybe but i think it's more about like what that stuff got people in terms of audience or captive right. audience as the case may be and um it's it's like not unfortunately gonna be like a really sophisticated buyer right like i think we've seen an art subscription like go poorly and and among kind of like the highest end types in the space right like 65 29 yes. can't yes. get that to work then it's not yes. gonna work 
Yes. Um, but I, I could see other things that work. I, the other outside of PFP is to me the NFT with the most utility uh, was the Donald Trump NFT. Because it actually provided uh, access to Trump. Is that why? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, sell, sell what people actually want. I mean, by the and way, it's V-Friends. Do you know what I mean? It's original V-Friends. And original V-Friends was the ultimate in access to Gary Vaynerchuk. And that is that is utility, right? I mean, I think that there is a world where access still matters. Like, I still, you know, it's interesting to me that the NFL pursued like a top shot model, which of course, right? Like it's, it was a money printer for the NBA and, and felt like it was going to make sense. But the problem with the top shot model is that it's continual supply. Like I'm kind of shocked that, and, and probably I'm just not thinking of it. I'm sure they have done, but like you would think one of the smart owners from the NFL would find a way to kind of like, I don't know, create a 500 collection uh, of NFTs that would deliver some sort of extreme access to super fans. Like that to me feels like there's really interesting space to be done there that I don't know has if if going back to our point of like the true A players in this world, if if the bright people have come in to execute that kind of stuff yet. Um, because I think it, the minute that they go wrong, then those people get cold feet. But I do think there's an interesting model to be done something there. So who knows? It's it definitely not the best time in NFTs, I think, across the board. Um I think that's kind of it this week. It's a weirdly a slow week, even though with all the uh, with all the crypto news. And does anybody have anything else they wanted to hit before we move on? Everybody kind of like uh, heads down for this week. Anything? Okay, well, let's do our check. I'm sure the answer. I can't imagine anybody's out there really looking forward to anything. But I will ask you all, Eric. Is there anything in the crypto, NFT, or even tradfi world you're looking forward to for this upcoming week or two? I mean, outside of Fomec, no. I think yeah. everyone what's going to happen is we're we're just going to wait for this NF uh, this ETF announcement, and everyone's basically going to going to die trading on leverage between you know Bitcoin thirty <laughs> k and Bitcoin thirty two k. Um, then that'll be pretty much it for like the foreseeable future. God, that's a dark. That's a dark, dark place. It's a very strange place. Uh, Sadie, what about you? Anything on the upcoming horizon that you're interested in? Uh, the Genesis bankruptcy hearing next week should be oh, fun. Oh, that's interesting. What do you expect to come out of it? Um, I actually genuinely don't know, which is part of the reason why it's fun. <laughs> um, every time is a wild card, and and this one's somewhat consequential. Um, just in terms of what's gonna what's gonna happen next, so should be a fun one. All right, that sounds fun. I'll, I'll keep my eye out for it. Uh, Grant, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Uh, no, nothing. Nothing public. <laughs> oh my god hey grant are you are you good you you good this is a pretty indicative state of the market right i know like, right it's is, really funny kicking kicking me down an extra year no i'm just kidding um i think uh yeah just, <laughs> i mean this this uh this is what we expected right like 2024 is when things start yeah. to to ease up and back up 2022 to till you know the the end of this year is is just it's got to be a grind either way right like either you kind of ignore the space and then come back when it's easier or or you'd be like me and you're like mentally ill and trying to find like desperately trying to find like nuggets of of uh hope in, in this in something this, in this mud right like eric yeah. was saying earlier like last year when we invested in blur that that was like a you know a voluntary choice to like long the infra layer of of the space uh and short you know projects with specific options uh in the space which turned out to be the right call right and it's just you know except right. except the projects in aggregate decided yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's not talk you can about build that, a better please. marketplace please. i'm already depressed enough uh <laughs> but yeah I, I think you know just to end on a hopeful note like every minute you spend in this space like you better not be you know just reading doomer threads or crafting doomer threads like it's just level yourself up until things get easier yeah. right yeah yeah i think that's a very good advice i think they're also like again it's like just don't walk away fully that's the big that's the big advice i can give everybody is just keep your eye on stuff and 
you know, that weird shitcoin uh, um, season that came not out of the blue, but like it was pretty significant shitcoin season that would never expected that to happen. I guess in some ways that's the thing that happened post the checks thing, right? We didn't get a new NFT that blew up, but we did get like a very big shitcoin season that I think some people did pretty well on. And then unfortunately, some people got caught in the casino too long and did not do well. But we did have something. There was action. So it was something to be aware of. Um, okay. That's it for this week. Hopefully, it's just the doldrums of summer. We are in the middle of July. It's like dead center summer. It's the July 15th today. So um, maybe we'll see some some fun stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks that we could expect to happen in August, September, October. Um, but for right now, that's it for the Midcurve Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We promise next time it'll be a little bit more... Uh, optimistic i hope well, i Let's make see. no such promises yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't make these promises that that's fair enough keep. that's fair enough i i will at least come with a a better sense of uh subscribe to our podcast or else oh yeah okay you want to start threatening people is that the plan that sounds like a good idea we might as well start threatening people subscribe to our podcast crafting the byline of our ai bot what is this the 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 gemini uh this is the camera winkle loss threat to to barry please pay me back my money or else I write another letter. Yeah. All right. I also want to tease everybody. There is going to be a uh, a mid-curve token and a mid-curve NFT if you subscribe. That is part of our uh, utility that we're providing. So once you subscribe, you get on a list that uh, uh, it, you get a PO app. And the PO app, once you collect 15 of them, you'll be able to mint the NFT. So I just want to make sure everybody's already starting that now. So subscribe, please. Um, <laughs> at some point some point, Pomp is going to convince us to do an NFT, I'm sure, and we all have to push back hard against it. Uh, and I, I would just like to note that this is not an offer to buy or sell securities, and past performance is not a guarantee of future results. And, and also, I will cooperate in any future investigation against I don't know these people. I don't even know why yeah. I'm here. There you go. There you go. Everybody's getting their disclaimers out of the way. Uh, okay, everybody, have a good week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye, all. Bye. -bye,